2: And I look up, and there's this giant walking straight at me in this cornfield. And I just look, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's him. And he's getting ready to kind of turn away from me. So I'm like, I don't have my grunt tube. It's on my back in my backpack. Oh. Normally I would want to grunt first, but I feel like if I move, he's going to see me. So I, I, I tried grunting with my mouth, <laughs> and it didn't, it didn't – come out very loud because I didn't want to sound like an idiot. So he didn't hear it. So I'm like, screw it. I'm going to, I'll snort wheeze. And I snort wheezed at him and he turns around and he starts walking straight at me and then he stops.
3: Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to the Fall Podcast powered by Latitude Outdoors. In our opinion, the best mobile hunting equipment in the game. If you guys are looking to get into mobile hunting or you know, looking to improve on any equipment that you might already have and you want to upgrade anything, go to latitudeoutdoors.com. Check out everything that they offer. Use the code THEFALLPODCAST, all one word, to save money on your next purchase. You will not regret it. I will say that for sure. And also, I said it last week, but I'm going to say it again. Go to the YouTube channel, the Latitude Outdoors YouTube channel, because we have season one of Grid on there. We're going to soon be doing season two this year, and there's a lot of other stuff on there about the equipment that we, or the gear that we offer and everything like that. So go there, check them out, subscribe to everything, go to social, subscribe there, follow everything, just stay in touch. Let's create this awesome network and just make it even bigger. So that is that. DJ, what's going on, buddy? Are you happy to be back for another episode of One Giant Mistake?
4: man uh always happy to be back not only for the one giant mistake but just for another episode over here on the fall podcast but today's one giant mistake takes us to the show me state and it's always it's always been fun for us to kind of keep track of uh you know where these bucks are coming from where the stories are coming from but uh i tell you there there's something there's something that i've you know I shouldn't say too shocking, but like in a world of, you know, of uh, hunting being such a solo sport, we sure do see a lot of stories that involve buddies, and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of refreshing in my opinion, and that is exactly what we have today on another episode of One Giant Mistake out of the Show Me State.
3: Yeah, this deer is so far the biggest deer of season 2. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, you and I were talking about it off record earlier, you know, season two kind of taken on a, a story of its own. Now, season one was very much, it seemed like everybody we were interviewing had, you know, were either like self-filming and they had footage of the deer or a lot of trail cam pictures or something like that. It, season two has not been that. Season two, and there's been a twist, you know, Matthew's deer he killed that deer after the one giant mistake um you know and it seems like there's i don't know it, it's just definitely taken on its 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 own story and today and i don't want to throw too much you know prelude prelude to too much here but today's is another one that's just like a curveball like out of left field and at the end of it and it's just kind of like falls into the season two story and you guys will get more of what i'm talking about once we get into this story but man I, you know we're talking to to nate and micah from the missouri woods and water podcast and uh boy i'm gonna tell you this these guys are killers we've known these guys for a while now a couple of years so we did a podcast with them about a year ago um at ata and it went live about a year ago roughly around this time and uh good dudes and if you guys haven't listened to their podcast, I suggest you go listen because, uh, just good down to earth guys. And I'm going to tell you this, they will fit into any deer camp literally that there is. They're just that type of guy. Um, awesome dudes, good ones to have around the campfire and drink a couple beers and just hang out. So, um, it's a good conversation. It's, it is a good one. I'm excited to get into it and let everybody hear it.
4: Now, you know, there, there's something during this conversation that, that actually made me think of you, Aaron. And I don't know if you picked up on it or not. Okay, I don't but think I did. inside this story, it it revolved around a lot of small properties. I don't know if you picked up on it or I not. I did, yeah. But if you think back about everything we talked about with them, you know, these are properties, 30, 40 acres, like not big at all. You know, and this is in the heart of the Midwest, and I found that very interesting because you'll hear inside these stories, we're not just talking about one big buck. There's a there's there's quite a few big bucks in these stories, mm-hmm. and, and you listen to these guys explain their properties. You know, 30 acres may only have 10 acres of huntable ground, and when I hear that, that kind of makes me think about a lot of what you deal with up there. Yeah, definitely, and you know there are some farms that they have
3: that are like bigger acres too, like the qual the the size of them, but there might only be ten acres of timber, you know, and it's it it hunts a lot smaller than it actually is. So I think that's what you're kind of like talking about as well. Mm. Is it's it it does sound a lot like my type of hunting and what I really like and I look for. So yeah, I you know. Now that you say that, I it, it very much. I, I I can see that now, definitely. And this deer is no slouch, guys. This deer is 100% a booner, 100% a giant um, boy. And <laughs> the story just took a turn that I just didn't. I wasn't ready for because we yeah. we didn't know this story before we we recorded it. It was literally we knew Cliff Notes versions, and this is a good one. That's a yeah. good
4: yeah. I mean, you you look at it, and we're not going to give too much away because you got to listen to this one. And it's very good, but to think that uh, you know a you know one particular deer that caused a series of mistakes would potentially lead to later on in the year a booner. I mean. You got to listen to it. It's, it's pretty yeah. wild. Yeah. You know, and we're
3: talking about mistakes, but one mistake that, uh, you will not make is going over and checking out a lot of our partners. So we've already talked about latitude. Helix broadhead is broadheads as one. Um, use the code fall 10 at HelixBroadheads.com to, uh, save some money on some new broadheads Exodus outdoor gear, go to ExodusOutdoorGear.com. Use the code TF to get yourself into a new camera. You know, um, a new solar panel or anything that they offer, they offer a lot of good things. Um, Exodusoutdoorgear.com. Garmin's another one. You will not make a mistake at all, you know, checking out any of these products, whether it's a bow sight, whether it's a crossbow sight, whether it's a watch, whether it's an in-reach, a chronograph, you're not going to make a mistake doing that. So, Garmin.com or your local Garmin dealer. Next is Buck Bourbon. You know, we've said it from the get-go, from, you know, These guys coming on last year, definitely not a big mistake. Use the code TFP20 to get into some new food plot seed, mineral or attractant, ground blinds, knife kits, you name it, swag, bourbon barrels, uh, um, seasoning for your meat, whatever you want. Go over there, check them out because you're not going to be disappointed. Next is uh, G5 Prime Prime Archery. G5prime.com is the website check out the new rvx series bow the center grip technology with the nano grip handle that it takes all the cold away uh the balance on these bows the core cam system second to none i'm just telling you that right now i've had a lot of people ask me about shooting them just go try one i'm telling you you're going to be blown away with this thing michigan company love it small smaller still privately owned love that part about them dj and i went in and and got to see the headquarters, and I was blown away um, about the community and about everything about that company It's, it's just been awesome. So uh, last i got
4: I got something to say on that one. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but okay. it, it, this is a good one. He, and he might have he might have uh, got a hold of the YouTube, but I had a guy on uh, it thanked me, messaged me, Thanks for the podcast. You guys did it with Prime when you guys went there. And the next message was a a picture of a brand new RVX. I love that. And he was like, I was like, what'd you think about shooting? about shooting it he's like i haven't even shot it yet just bought it had to buy it after listening to the podcast dude thinking, that makes me feel sad. a so boy good. i yep. love it i love, love it. that but, yep. sorry to interrupt you buddy you're good
3: lastly but certainly not least america's best bowstrings uh quality perfection and peace of mind you can use the code the fall at americasbestbowstrings.com check out their new launch and launch x strings i know i've been saying it we're getting through these one giant mistakes episodes but we're gonna have some more coming after this and bryant is going to be on maybe even get jerry the owner on there um to talk about these new strings because they are top of the line everything that they do is top of the line america's best bow strings it's quality perfection and peace of mind like i said they're a great company so lastly the last thing is aerial wildlife solutions if you guys are looking for getting a map done a high quality map Look at aerial aerial wildlife solutions on social on the web. Give them a call. These maps are legit and they're so high quality. Now's the time to do it. Right after the snow comes off and the leaves are off. Now's the time to get your map done. And they are badass. They uh, basically, in a nutshell, they have a really high tech drone that they put waypoints over your farm, and this drone does drone does the work. It takes a series of thousands of pictures. Then Admin Lee, they go in and take those pictures, they stitch them into one picture, and it prints you out a beautiful map. So, in whatever size you really want, it is definitely worth a gift to yourself or your spouse or, you know, significant other. It doesn't matter. Dad, uncle, hunting buddy, really cool gift. So, go check them out. Aerial Wildlife Solutions. So, with that being said, let's get over to this interview with Nate and Micah. All right, here we are, another episode of One Giant Mistake. I still can't believe that we're getting guys that actually are willing to come on and talk about their mistakes, but hey, I love it. Today we got two freaking awesome guys, the Missouri Woods and Waters guys, Nate and Micah from the Missouri Woods and Water podcast. Thank you guys for coming on tonight. And the thing is about this is, um, you know, I, I know we'll be friends after this, I hope. Because, uh, you know, we're bringing two mistakes in here, and just so happens you've got one deer that somebody at the end, there's a little plot twist. You know, there's mistakes, but there is some,
2: I don't even want to get into it. We'll get into it at the end. So, guys. Hey, if we're, if we're going to be friends after this, Micah and I have been able to stay friends after <laughs> yeah. this. So, I mean, I think we're fine. So, it, but, uh, so, we know-
3: so it didn't break up the marriage then, is that what you're
5: saying? No, no, (laughs) no! It did not. We're we're still
2: brothers. They say big deer make
5: you do stupid things, and it can do that. But you know, we have still been able to talk to each other since. Uh, Okay,
3: works. Okay, well, hopefully this podcast doesn't like ruin ruin a podcast. (laughs) Open some wounds, yeah. Open some wounds. Maybe ruin your guys's (laughs) podcast because you guys are co-hosts. And hopefully it doesn't ruin. You know, you guys are family, right? You're. Your brother-in-law is correct. Am I right in that?
5: Yep, that's correct. Yeah. Yep. I am married to his little
2: sister. So yeah, I mean, Nate, you're stuck with him. <laughs> I might at the end of this being like you done messed up, eh, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know that's not how yours is spelled, but I'm still doing it. <laughs> uh, I get it all the time, man. I do. So,
3: but I want to thank you guys for coming on tonight, and um, I know we're gonna have some fun.
4: Yep, that's for sure. For sure. Boy, I tell you what, guys, it's, you know, season two of One Giant Mistake, it's like every episode seems to be a little bit different twist. So what little bit of cliff notes I've heard from this one, I think this one fits the bill perfectly.
5: (laughs) That's exactly right. I'm glad you guys are getting some joy out of
4: it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wait a second. Hold on, hold on. I'm sensing... I'm sensing maybe one of them signed up for this and not the other one. Like that's what I'm starting to, I'm kind of starting to pick up that vibe now.
5: Well, originally uh, I was the one that messaged you guys cause I was actually listening to it and you guys were thinking, hey, if you you know, we're going to do season two of big mistakes. And so I, I, I kind of gave a cliff notes of a deer that we're going to talk about here in a minute. And then somehow Nate got involved and so it kind of just rolled I'm into- I'm just a glutton for punishment. Yeah, Nate's <laughs> kind of a glutton for punishment. So it kind of just rolled into, well, let's just try to get both of them knocked out. So it's it's a mistake on my end on one deer. It's a mistake on his end on one deer. And then at the end, somebody, you know, ends up killing a really big deer. Yeah. Uh so it, it's it's a good story I think.
3: You know, I feel like this is going to be like a 60 minutes. You know what I mean like a, one of that the crime shows like with a love triangle and who did it <laughs> and someone broke his heart and you know whatever. I feel like it's going to be something like that cuz literally the cliff notes at DJ and, and I know there's like two or three deer involved. There's two people involved couple different properties it's like i don't know where we're gonna go with this one tonight two, two seasons you know like <laughs>
2: yeah i mean if you if you think of a, a hunter's like just different two different hunters like dj and you aaron like your different seasons yeah the ups and downs they both have you know yeah. like micah and i seasons both ran into each other w- with this deer you know like the seasons were what they were yeah nothing was bad good indifferent about the seasons um and and they kind of ran into each other, all culminating in like one morning. It's it, it just it happened so quickly, and you know for a season that lasts as long as it did, we had as many things as we had happen as as a a group of guys together, uh, specifically us two. It's it's just interesting how you know it can all come down to one day, one awesome day, by the way. And um, yeah, it's just it, it's cool, and and, and there's no. Um, we joke about it. There is zero hard feelings between whoever, well, maybe we'll leave it up to the listener to listen to. There's zero hard feelings between whoever didn't kill the deer and did kill the deer. Nobody did anything wrong. Everything was on the up and up. And if, if somebody had to kill this giant deer, it's, it was one of us. And that's what we're happy about. You know, It wasn't yeah. the neighbor. That deer was going to die that day. And we'll talk about it later. So at least it was one of us. <laughs> That's right.
4: Let me let, let me ask you guys this, you know, before we, we get into a ground zero where this whole story takes place, looking at the whole entire thing, how it unfolded, was there ever a thought in your guys' mind well before season that uh you know, a situation like this could happen, or was there ever a, a percentage of chance that you know what, wouldn't it be crazy if, if, you know, X plus X happens this season, you know, with this story. Did you guys ever talk about that in the off season, like a possibility that this would actually happen?
5: Um
0: No,
4: no, no really. I don't yeah. think
5: so because like in just the way the story goes, um we both had equal
2: We both had permission on we the farm.
5: we both had permission on the farm. And so it could have gone either way. And, but there were some circumstances that made it easier for Nathan to go after this deer rather than me, uh, just for, you know, work and distance and that sort of thing. So I, if, uh, you know, and I'm kind of alluding to my, what happened, uh, you know, it, the, Nathan had a higher percentage chance of getting something done than I did on this particular farm and uh, one particular deer. Um,
2: but without getting too much into the story too soon... Uh, I don't, yeah, yeah we didn't, yeah, we didn't really talk about it. It was just, this is the first time Mike and I have ever had a farm together. Uh, it was the first year we got permission on this particular farm. Um, we worked on it, you know, all summer together, what we could do, which was essentially cameras, some mineral. we can put mineral out in our County in Missouri. So we put mineral out cameras and tried to, you know, figure the deer out, figure out what was there. Was there anything there? All those things. And we just kind of talked about it. Like, we got excited together about the pictures we saw on camera. Uh, he wasn't the only good deer there at the time. Um, we got, we talked about it together. Everything we, we did everything together when we went out, um, for the most part. Right. Um, and, and we got excited together. Um, and we talked about, I mean, and this deer did disappear when the, when the season started. So we also both kind of were like, we're probably not going to kill this deer together. Uh, if you, that makes sense. So, um, Yeah, we never really talked about it because I think both of us felt like whoever kills it, kills it, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, we're going to be happy for whoever does this uh, in the end. So yeah, it it really, that's, that's the relationship him and I have. I mean, he, he took me getting into the story. He took me to the property where he was hunting the deer he was after. And, um, at first he wasn't so sure about it, but then he's like, yeah, just kill, you know, if they walk in front of you, let it happen. Um, so, you know, and that's not a farm I have permission on. That was a day I was a guest of his. And so it just, that's the way we hunt. To, I mean, if you can't, if you can't share with the people that, you know, for not to be too gushy here, but if you can't share stuff like this with the people you love, why are you even doing it? Yeah. And yeah. So that's kind of we, how we, you know, we approach hunting for the most part. Right.
4: Yeah. I, I like what you said too, because there there's times where I have like this struggle of balancing, you know, of being, you know, so secretive when it comes to hunting, but then also it's like, well, how fun is it if, if I'm the only one that knows about everything, you know what I mean? So there's like a balance there, but before we get into the, the, the thick of this, I, I got a curiosity question. Um, you guys talked a a little bit about this, this piece of property that you both have permission on. If, you know, if without giving anything too, too much away, how did a piece of permission, Uh, you know a piece of property come about that both of you guys have permission on like did both of you guys approach that landowner? Or did one get permission and be like, hey, do you, do you want to share this with me? Because that, that's a lot, because you know, like, I hear a little bit in the other part of the story is, you know, he has permission, but then you're a guest. Or what? Uh, what, what? What's it take for two guys to be able to get permission on the same piece of property nowadays?
5: It, well, I mean, to be honest, it was pretty easy. Yeah. Um, so, the and, first and, time in history. Yeah, this was easy. <laughs> we, we've actually, you know, not to go too far, but like we've been looking for a lease for a long time. The last yeah, few or years, permission or yeah. permission on the right piece um but actually technically we had permission not this last season but the season before and uh at but the we got into the year at the end of the year you know uh we have a mutual friend uh he's a farming farm that's what he does for a living you know row crop and cattle and he just got to the point where he just he can't hunt deer anymore. His it's not a huge passion is. He likes to do it, but he's just it's not a big deal to him. So, uh I approached him and I was like, "Hey, would, do you have any spots?" I approached him and I was like, "Do you have any p- spots that we'd like to lease?" And he's like, "No, I don't have anything like that, but if you want, uh uh, you know, you guys can hunt this." And whenever, you know, in a situation like that, I automatically assume Nate's hunting with me. I'm like, cuz it's a friend of his too. I was like, yeah. "You know, we're going to do this together." And so we had it for I don't
2: know maybe a few weeks of the last season. yeah it was, it was basically he knew that we were having a rough year um, our farms were not doing well um, my main farm where he died um, all the the crop got taken off to the south or all the not excuse me all the timber got taken off to the south which totally decimated that farm I mean I'll never probably kill another buck off there in, in my life again so. Um, I was having a very bad year uh, deer hunting, and he knew that. And so towards the end of the year, uh, after Micah talked to him, he's like, hey, why don't you guys finish the year out here? Yeah. And we did. Uh, we didn't have any cameras out. It was just like a few hunts, tried to, you know, see what happens, and, and nothing happened, and, and that was that. But that led into this season, and, you know, we just continued. He
5: gave us permission again for this season. Yep. So he gave us that farm, and there was another little farm. Um that he gave us permission to. They're not I mean if you're looking at it at an overview and you're like, "Hey, that's it." They're like, "Yeah. Okay, you know, that might be all right. It's not like it's some um, oh my god, you know, you're going to get a deer every time you go that sort of thing. It's yeah. it's a good spot, obviously, but it's not like it was cream of the crop or anything.
2: Yeah. Difficult yeah. terrain or difficult layout. It's a it's a farm that um if you if you picture a square The timber's all on the west of it, and the the crops are all on the east, and you can only access from the east. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's not good access, difficult access. You're also going to be walking downhill towards the timber when you're coming in. So not ideal. And there was probably only 10 acres of timber. Yeah, about 10 to 15 acres or so
5: of timber. Everything else is crop. It it obviously, it funneled into bigger timber areas that we just didn't have permission on. It was, you know, uh, different farms uh so it was it was very small it might have been you know however many acres i don't know two 300 acres or something but say 190 you're, you're essentially like hunting you know 10 acres sort yeah. of
4: thing no Cool. I, you know, you just don't hear a lot of times about people's stories about involving, you know, two really good friends getting permission on the same piece, and it just sounds, uh, it sounds like to me, you guys had the perfect situation come somewhat to you, and uh, you guys were able to capitalize on grabbing that piece together. Good yeah, on you guys. Don't
2: you guys know it's easy to find permission on property? I mean, yeah, no, yeah it's, just it's just the easiest thing <laughs> to do. Yeah, yeah.
5: You just knock every farmer's willing to, you know. They just got to knock on their door and ask, yeah. and they'll let you. <laughs> exactly.
3: I, you know, I've yeah. got, I got a question for you guys because I think this is something a lot of people run into, and even myself included, and I'd like to, to pick your brain about it. So, you know, basically you guys get permission late, you know, last year on, on this piece. And I know this guy's a friend of yours, but, you know, maybe even like throwing the friendship out of there, maybe it's just a permission piece. Going into the next year, how do you guys approach possibly getting that farm again? Like how do you approach the farmer? How do you approach the the landowner? Do you guys, you know, go with money? Do you go with a case of beer? Do you go with like how do you in, in some way sweeten the deal to try to get it again? Yeah. Um and I think a lot of people go through that and wonder, man, another year I got to everybody hates asking permission. Like yeah how how do you go about trying to lock that up for the next year?
2: Well, the second year. So this year, I actually reached out to him, mm-hmm. and and him and I talked. And out of necessity, we were. I mean, I pretty much lost both my places, you know. So I'm I'm just sitting here with almost nothing at this point. And so I reached out to him, and and the you know we both talked about hey, we would like to pay you like. Let mm-hmm. us lease it from you, you know, and he's such a good guy. He's like, that's not going to happen. Just go hunt it, you know, it, just, it's yours. I want you to have it. Go hunt it. Yep. Um, You know, and it, it, it's a weird feeling because he is a friend of ours. So you you don't love the idea of asking for something of theirs. Like, can I have your farm to hunt, please? Y- um. So you're just responsible i was at least and so was micah the first year you're respectful about it hey man if there's any reason that this is a no this year there's zero hard feelings we understand but are you planning on hunting this year is there anybody else um and if not we would love the opportunity to do it again this year Mm -hmm. um and we'd be happy to you know do pay for it or something you know we don't want to you know just mooch off you and uh him being the guy he is he's like hey I appreciate it but no it's yours have at it
5: yeah and I Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it just with permission pieces mostly uh communication is key um before I got one of the permissions that I have now that I've you know hopefully continue to have for a very long time uh I was bad you know I was in my younger hunting career or whatever you want to call it and I was very poor about Keeping a good communication between me and the landowner. Um, you know, there was a situation where uh, I was out there hunting, and he, he happened to be doing something farming, farming wise. And he's like, "Hey, I'm this tree fell over. Uh, you got a tree stand on the other side." He's like, "I'm going to cut that tree. It's possible that you know it might hit your tree stand. Do you think you get that moved?" Uh, I was like, "Yeah, no problem." Next time I come out, or whatever. And for whatever reason, he, I didn't get to it quick enough. So that probably irritated him. And I probably did some other things that might have irritated him, you know, and that was just me and a young, dumb dumb kid yep. sort of thing. And But I think if you leave those communication doors open where, you know, if he calls you at noon on a Saturday and says, hey, you know, your tree stand fell over and it hit the fence. I need somebody to come out here and help me fix this fence. you got to be able to go and do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just be like, well, I mean – it's not my fault or whatever. I'll get exactly. to it when I can. You got to be able to put in the effort uh, to, you know, help those guys out. Because it's, they're, most of the time, they're not gaining anything when it comes to just permission pieces. Nope. leases are different. Nope. Leases you're paying. Yeah. You know, there's a certain, you know, protocol that you have to go through to keep a lease and that sort of thing. But with permission, you know, it's, at, it's mostly out of the kindness of somebody's heart yeah and yep. so you gotta really respect
2: that and do whatever you can to just continue that relationship. You almost have to be willing to treat that piece of property better than they would mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and we had we had a situation with our friend that we're talking about here um the smaller farm that he he gave us permission on, I was taking my sons out there um during u season and and stuff, and it was really rainy at the time and I pulled in and I thought I had created a few small ruts i was not happy that i damaged the property and so i let him know hey i i slid a little bit on the grass and i'll, I'll get out there and fix it so i get out there i rake it back in and i fix it and i send a picture to him just hey i fixed it sorry you know i'll watch that and he replies like are you serious <laughs> that's what you thought was a rut and but The landowner has to appreciate when you are treating their property better than they would, Yeah. whether Mm -hmm. it's a friend of yours or not. Um, you, You want to treat it like you don't want to lose it. And if you go in there and you even do what I did with those ruts, quote unquote, and they see that, it might just put a thought in the back of their mind that this person's maybe not the person I want out here. Right. But if you're the guy that's out there with a rake by hand, fixing it three days later, it might put the same thought in their mind the other way saying this is the exact person I want out here. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's how, you know, permission can, and it it could turn into permission somewhere else too. They might have a friend that they go, Hey, this guy's a really good guy. He's been permission hunting on my spot for a year. Um, if you're looking for some, somebody to hunt, you know, maybe thin some does out or whatever, this guy uh, is your person. So, um, I mean, that's how we've always, you know, once we grew up a little bit obviously in life, but, that's how we've kind of done it throughout our, our hunting careers. And, um, you just got to be able to treat it right. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, think, uh, I
3: couldn't agree more. Just like, you know, I got a couple of farms that are permission pieces and they are cash crop farms. Like they are a hundred percent cash crop and the farmer's not a hunter. And, and you know, farmers, every one of them is, I got to do it right now. And I don't know when I'm gonna do it, but when I get ready to do it, I'm gonna do it now. You know what I mean? And it's Mm -hmm. um and I'll tell you when it when it comes I've got a really good friend, he's a cash cropper, so I'll pick his brain all the time, like, hey, when you guys getting ready to take corn off. I don't hunt his ground, but he can give me a good indication of like, you know, when some of my other farms are probably gonna come off if they're doing the same practices because this year, I bought corn from a one of the farmers landowners to to take the corn down and make like a food plot basically in there. And uh, inside some standing corn, well, I brushed a ground blind and in, into the corn. And I'm like, you gotta let me know. You gotta let me know when you want to go out there and get it. And I will get out. I will leave work. I will go and not, you know I'll I'll go and take the blind out of there. And I, it doesn't matter if it's November second midday. And he's like, I'm taking the corn off. You got to go do it. You know, it's, yep. it's, you're, a, you're, and it's somewhat, you're, you could be a nuisance to them and you
2: don't want to be. And you don't want them ever to feel like you are exactly. that. Right. Exactly. Because they will get rid of you quickly mm-hmm. um, if, if they feel like that. Yeah. Exactly. DJ, what yep. were you going to say?
4: I was just wanted. I was going to piggyback a little bit on the, on the communication thing um, because I, I think that's so important. But I think it's really important. Also, is the communication outside of hunting season? You know, I not just not just talking to them for the you know the ninety day season or, or one hundred twenty day season, whatever you have, but having those you know conversations of you know, hey, how are you doing? How's your family doing? You know, you know, uh, happy Thanksgiving or if you're out there doing some scouting and shed hunt and just stopping in and just talking to them like a normal human being and even talk to them. About outside of hunting stuff, you know, and about outside of just hunting their land, where it's like you, you, you want to build that relationship, almost become like a, a just a really good friend of them, almost like treat them like if they were your neighbor, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yep, a hundred percent agree. If he wasn't a friend of ours, like I could see us doing things just like that. I mean, we happen to see him all the time, anyways. So I mean, it's an added bonus, but at the same time. There's a a, an added layer to that when they are your friend. Yeah. Last thing you want to do is mess with that friendship. So I go in there and screwing stuff up and messing up crops and whatever else. I'm not. I'm not planning. That's not something I want to do. Right. And the first second there is an issue, that's when you say, "Hey, I don't want to affect our friendship." That's that. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah. But if you treat them like a friend, you usually are nicer about things. You know, don't treat it like it's you know, the damn park where you throw your garbage out or, you know, I mean, something stupid, stupid, like a, a fudge round wrapper floating around in the wind and they see it and they're like, this dude's throwing trash at my farm. I mean, so you just, you know, what are the, what's the saying? Leave it better than you then got you, there. Then you found something. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Now I like it. I, I knew that would kind of be a rabbit hole, but I knew a lot of people and even including myself when I hear people on podcasts talk about that, I'm like, I want to know what other people would do. So I'm I'm glad we covered that, but I know we're here for something else. We're here for some mistakes, boys, and that's <laughs> what I'm ready to get into. So, I want to talk about this deer that, uh, you know, well, a couple deer that were made mistakes on. Now, where does this story start? You know, we have broke down the farm basically that you guys have permission on it. You've kind of painted an audio picture of like what the farm is. Now. Where's this whole story begin? Now with we're this gonna deer? pull the whole plug
0: on you. <laughs> yeah.
5: And we're gonna go to a different farm. We're gonna go about thirty <laughs> miles away.
3: Okay. Okay, I like that. <laughs> okay, twist. so there's a the, twist.
5: Where this starts, uh I have permission on a different farm. And I've had permission on this farm for four years now. Four to maybe five. Um and uh I've, uh, it's the mistake buck, we'll call him. And it's not so much of a mistake as it's a uh, lack of o- opportunity, almost. So, be- that being said, so what I do for a day job is I- I'm a propane driver. So I drive a truck. He's Hank Hill. I'm kind of like Hank Hill. You know, when the <laughs> weather gets cold, that's when we get busy. So that uh, it affects my hunting. You know, it sucks. I love my job but it it, it just it comes down to it affects the amount of time that i can spend hunting so we're going to talk about wide guy wide guy when i first got permission on this property i do whatever you know hunter does and i go throw out some mineral uh and throw out a camera he was one of the first bucks that i got uh, pictures of and as the name says he's just extremely wide He's a wide eight point, I don't know, uh, and I'd have to get the measurement, but I wanna, plus 20 inches wider. He's wider than that one there, if you guys can see it, if you're watching the That's a hell of a frame right there. Yeah, wide. Very, very wide deer. But he was a young deer. So he was young, I estimated him around two years old. Two, possibly three. And so he wasn't on the hit list. I had some other ones that came in that were just older, mature deer um that i was targeting so i got first pictures i got of him was in 19. i put him on a pass list he's not going to get shot 2020 pass list again he just did not grow he's still wide he still was around i didn't get a ton of pictures of him those first two years and then 2021 came around and he got a little bit bigger he just gained a little mass still wide not very tall so this, he was around, probably around
2: that four to five. 21 was a year that you were going to have to make a decision on the hook.
5: I would, I would have had to make a decision, but this buck particularly, he was a asshole. We'll just call him an asshole, because he was. Because he was a very dominant in the area, and the reason I think he was so much of an asshole is every year, even the 19 and 20 years he was always breaking his brows off. He was breaking, breaking antlers every time. Oh, every year? Every year, yeah. even to the year he got killed. Uh, uh, he was breaking stuff off. So, But 2021, I, it was, it was going to be one of those things. If he comes by, I'm going to have to either, you know, because I was thinking he still might have been that 3, 4, maybe 5. You know, I'm not great at aging him. but uh, So it was going to be decision time. But luckily for me, he made the decision for me, and he literally broke off every antler <laughs> every he had, <laughs> and he only had he just t- had two, two spikes, just two beams. Yep. Everything was broken off, so he got a pass again. And when I say passes, I don't necessarily mean that he walked under my stand. You know, he was in the area. I didn't go after that particular deer. Like I said, there was other deer that I was going after for whatever reason. 2022, 2023. That's when I he was my number one hit list. Hint: Well, he was on my hit list. There's you know maybe one or two other ones. One actually we talked about at the show that we did a ATA show. Oh, nubs, nubs. Yeah, I remember nubs. nubs. He, I got pictures of him this year. Really? Not anymore. Not not since yeah. season. But I did get pictures of him early season, and Good. I haven't got him back. You know, haven't had him since. So I'm assuming <laughs> this year he was done. But anyways, back to this guy. Uh 20 yeah, twenty, twenty-two, twenty-three 23 season, he was, you know, he was up there, and I, you know, and I do I want to say or I you know, I can get to do a lot of my hunting early season just because it's warmer, you know, it's easier to get off work early before time change. Is before t- yeah, yep. and before time mm-hmm.
2: change, you know, I can get out there and hunt a little more. Um. When I really there's not a person on this planet that is a bigger fan of getting rid of daylight savings than this guy. <laughs> oh yeah,
5: it would change my world up <laughs> yep. completely. You know, I, I, our hours are eight to five. If it's super cold, you know, we might work a little later. But eight to five, and once November hits and that time change, I'm screwed. You know, because I don't get, I can't make it to the field in time. Mm-hmm. But uh, twenty two, two and twenty three. Um, he started his core area started to shrink a little bit and it was starting to get more in my favor. So the property that we're talking about, it's not a very big piece. It's 60 acres. The front half of it is alfalfa and the rest of it's timber. And you know, the landowner lives there too. Um, but so it's not like it's a, just a haven and it's, you know, it's butted up to huge timber that they could go anywhere and there's conservation ground around. So I'm not the only one getting pictures of this guy, but the, the one, one of the better opportunities I had at him, I kind of did what you did. And part of that alfalfa field wasn't producing for the farmer. So we went in there and we planted corn. And in the state of Missouri, you can plant corn and leave it for deer, and you can mow it down. You can't throw a bag of corn out, but you can plant it and then mow it down later. And so that's what I did. Uh, Planted, I don't know, maybe half an acre, you know, not very much. Planted it, and I think I let it set for two days, and I put a blind in it. And I went out there, put that blind in, hunted it two days later, and it was one of those Perfect October, I believe, time frames. I, can't, I, I was bad about my dates and writing stuff down. Sitting in my blind, everything's going great. A few deer start filtering through. And when it gets to that kind of that twilight, you know, those last 30 minutes, you're like, man, this is, this, this is good set. This, if something's going to happen, it's going to happen then. And once I started thinking about that, I look up and I see Wide Guy. He's probably 120 yards away, and he's just slowly working his way towards me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this might happen. This might happen. And he came to, I think the last range I got on him was around 70 yards. I'm like, okay. And he's just slowly working his way towards this cut corn. I'm like, this this is the Was that the night? Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So... I get all excited and I'm I'm ready. I, you know I'm sitting in a blind. I got my bow in my hand. I need him to make you know another twenty to thirty yards closer, and I, I'm I feel comfortable making that shot. And the way that this field set up is there's a bar- there's the road, there's a barn, the alfalfa, then my corn. So it's pretty close to the road per se, and still several hundred yards. Still ha- ha- yeah. a few hundred yards, but the barn is set off. You know, 100 100 yards off the road, too. So, he's working his way, and then uh, all of a sudden, I start hearing something in the background. I'm like, what is going on? Well, another guy, who I know, he's, you know, I work with him, actually. He had borrowed the landowner's trailer and brush hog, and he returned it that night. (laughs) And he had issues getting the brush hog off of the trailer. So I'm sitting here, I hear all this racking in the back, a tractor run, revving up, trucks going, and obviously, you know, the deer could hear it too. So I watched him for, you know, 20 seconds just looking at that, like, what is going on? And I'm looking, trying to figure out what's going on, and I see the guy out there working, and, you know, he obviously, the buck takes off. I've never been so pissed off at somebody in my life. At prime time, <laughs> at prime time, you know, thirty minutes of dark till dark. You know, it was probably about twenty by the time this was all done. Let me ask and you. something. So, yeah. I gotta, I gotta ask you something. Was there? Did you have
4: any thought at all about calling in an, an emergency propane fill up at that point?
5: <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have, because I mean, I I had the guy's number. But, I mean, it probably, it happened so quick. You know, you can only get away with so much. You know, (laughs) if he would have just drove his truck in, parked it, and then, you know, he might, you know, the deer (laughs) might have hung around and came out. But, you know, with the brush hog getting tied up on the trailer for whatever reason, it just, it wasn't meant to be, I guess. But I I got out of the blind. He was still jacking with it. And I had to spend the next (laughs) hour trying to help him get this, you know, bat wing thing off and he's like oh so how was the hunt tonight and i was like dude you fucked me i i just told him straight up i was like dude you screwed me so bad i was like i've had this i've been you know after this deer this season and he's oh i'm sorry (laughs) you know it was was nothing to him you know i and i did i tried to do it in a joking matter so michael let me Um, ask you something though
3: is that mistake number one are we chalking that up
5: that's that's the number
3: one okay okay the reason why i say that is because during the series, we have uh, we're trying to keep a tally of all the mistakes through the whole series, and then we're giving stuff away at the end of the at the end of it to somebody that can tell us how many mistakes were through this whole series. So I'm just writing them down, making sure we got all the mistakes in. And uh, boy, that's a tough one. And that guy's not a hunter, I'm guessing, because he really didn't give he, a shit. I mean, not really. Okay, you know he,
5: he you know he used to take a rifle out, you know, yep.
2: opening weekend type I gotcha. hunter. I remember him calling me that night. I was i, was I mean, so I, furious. I've never really seen him upset. I mean, we've seen each other upset before, but he was like, I cannot freaking believe what just happened to me. The White 8 was dead. Dead, dead, dead. I had plenty of time. He was working. It was happening. And this freaking guy shows up <laughs> and starts jacking with a tractor, you know, and from where the White 8 was standing to where the tractor was,
5: 250 yards at probably. at most yeah. at most
2: yeah so Jeez. it's just uh it's just the way one in the cards that night yeah um hey,
4: ab that that makes for two episodes in a row that a tracker and a bush hog are being bitched about cuz their last <laughs> guest he was not happy with his dad messing around with the brush hog yeah. either
3: yeah boy the old bush hogs and i don't understand why people have to brush hog in the fall like, what are we doing <laughs> Right <here>? before dark.
5: <laughs> what are we doing here? Well, Well, that's the thing. He wasn't even brush hogging there. He had used the brush hog at his property. He owned, you know, a little piece of ground. He's getting ready to sell it, and he wanted to brush hog and make it all pretty <laughs> or whatever. And it just happened to be that night that you had to bring it back. You know, yeah. whatever. And it sucks. Couldn't but, have waited till dark. Yeah, you know? couldn't have waited. Yeah. But, you know, it, and that's just the way it goes. And the rest of that season, it was more of a learning deal. I had one other opportunity, um, I was in the stand, and I was in the timber, and he actually was dogging a doe, and he just, in and out of my life, you know, in a split second sort of thing, doe was running, he was running, just didn't get an opportunity at him, so I don't know if you want to call that a mistake, it was just, you know, didn't, the opportunity wasn't there, but what I learned from that was, after the rut, um, he uh he became super frequent at that property in December I want to say for about two weeks he showed up at my camera about 20 minutes 30 minutes before dark for roughly two weeks he showed up at this one spot and I was like Please, Lord, let it be 70 degrees so I can take off an hour early sort of thing. <laughs> you're, looking you know, for, but, you're
3: looking for a, a temp increase. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or exactly. wait till the weekend type of deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
5: And for whatever reason, I couldn't get – and I could be wrong. He could have not showed up on the weekends. But, um, you know, I anytime I did get an opportunity, he wasn't around except for those two weeks. And I just – couldn't get on him and but i learned so but i learned his core area shrunk and i knew that december would be a good time to go after him if he frequents this area in december you know if you go over um what do you call it whenever they um, yearly thing whenever they do the same thing yearly oh their pattern yeah their pattern yeah pattern i don't know why that was you know, <laughs> baffling me that happens uh, but so that that was kind of my mindset going into this this season, you know, the one that we just got over with. This season, obviously, you know, I put we put our cameras out usually July 4th, got a long weekend most time, uh go out there, get your cameras, you know, refresh minerals, that sort of thing. His core area shrunk again and it still favored me. I started to get more pictures of him earlier, but <clears throat> a lot of nighttime pictures, you know, just what big bucks do.
3: Hey, how big is he this year?
5: This, he doesn't, in the four years that I have pictures of him, I would think he might have, he gained mass, if anything, Mm -hmm. and not that much. Okay. He's not a huge, he's not a huge deer by any means. He was just special to me because he's the only deer that I've had this much history with. Gotcha. uh, He's the only one that's stayed around or, you know, because there's always, uh, uh, I mean, I'm blessed in the fact that the piece that I have I've always had something to go after, you
2: know, as far as a shooter deer. Um, but for the listener, inches-wise, I still think he, because of his width and, and his mass, I still think he would have been around a 140 as an eight-pointer. Maybe. I, so, I, Yeah, you know, 130 to 140 right. as an eight-pointer. So, a really solid deer. It's um, a big eight. It's a it big is. eight. It's yeah. a big eight.
5: No, he was... he. I mean, I would assume a lot... He would have been a target for a lot of people, you know, sort of yeah. thing. Well, yeah. I mean, but, he,
4: he's he's got to be getting, you know, six, seven I'm, plus I'm thinking, maybe years I'm thinking old. He
5: was six, you yeah. know. Uh, you know, I, obviously, I don't know for sure. Um, but I'm thinking he was around that six mark this, this coming or this This last last season. Yeah. So uh, his body was huge. I mean, you could just tell looking at him this, this last year, he just put on so much weight. He was just a big old mature deer. His antlers, you know, were what they were still something to look at. You know, he was, he was awesome. And, uh, but like I was getting to this year, Coriard shrunk a little bit, still favored me for the most part. I got a lot of pictures of him early, which was kind of odd going off of his, you know, earlier patterns. You know, they usually I would get them later and later this year. They kind of switched. And so I would get them early and I was like, okay, well maybe I can get on him early, but if not, I always got December to fall back on because December, that's when he likes to show up a lot.
2: And so as a result, just to kind of, yeah, we'll put a book in as a result. Mike and I both have permission on property B that we just, we we explained at the beginning of the show. Yeah, but Micah focuses on the wide guy, yeah, the wide like, eight. Like this was
5: the buck I was after. The property that we have permission on, we get, we start, we do the same thing. It was around that July mark. Right. We start putting pictures out or putting cameras out, and we start getting pictures of some uh, damn good deer, uh, some really good ones. Uh, do we want to go into like what we're getting there? Do should we, I think? I
2: fi- Just finish your story out. I think that'll... Okay. So, the reason why this happened was Micah has history with this deer. Um, This deer is now, in my opinion, at least six years old. Um, I might have called him seven. And it's five minutes from where Micah gets off work. Yeah. So, it's, it's the easiest place for him to get to. He's got a deer that he wants to kill really badly. And so, Micah focuses on that deer yeah and that's the only place he hunted until at some point we'll we'll get to it yeah um so that's that's where that that's why that happened in that manner
4: okay right i i I got a question for you mike on that deer you know you you talked about as he got older that his his core area started shrinking down but you were getting a lot of nighttime pictures now even though you know most of those pitchers are black and white how were you feeling because he you know he was showing you that stereotypical the older they get sometimes the 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 smaller their home core areas like did you feel like what gave you did did it give you more confidence knowing that he was shrinking his area or did those continuous nighttime pitchers still kind of like leave you on the back burner wondering if it was really going to come together
5: I thought this year was going to be the year mainly because even though I call them nighttime pitchers, they were always at that, like, if he would have hung around another 30 minutes, it would have been daylight. Mm -hmm. Or if he would have come out 30 minutes earlier, it still would have been daylight sort of thing. He was always, it was closer to the hunting window, you know? So it was like that 5.30 in the morning or, you know, however, whatever time it gets bright. It was right there on the fringe so yeah. I was just waiting on either like a cold front or, you know, some yeah. type of weather change to, you know, make him stay out a little longer
2: or come to bed. Which, based on this property, means that he was either bedded on you or right next to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Either way, you knew exactly where he was going and coming from. Yeah. And, and that's that's why he says that. Yeah.
5: And, you know, and I um just... To, a little bit more information about it so I have a, a good buddy of mine has his dad lives roughly 800 yards behind my property as the crow flies and he runs cameras too and we share we share information because a lot of the deer are the same and I'd get pictures of this guy a lot more frequently than what he would he would still visit over there occasionally but so it just I thought this was gonna be the year for me mm-hmm yeah um, we get into it. Um, the season is getting closer and closer. He kind of disappears for a little bit, and I don't know where he goes. My buddy wasn't getting pictures. I wasn't getting pictures. And then September 15th is opening day. September 15th, I have one camera. It's over my – I call it my kill plot. It's just a little clover plot in the timber. It's less than eighth of an acre. It's very small. Uh, I got one camera sitting over that, and he is underneath my stand at 745. the morning oh my gosh and i'm sitting there in the drop-off line at school (laughs) dropping my kids off and i get the you know i remember that text (laughs) notification on my phone opening day of bow season here in missouri and i'm like you got to be kidding me you know you've got to be kidding me who would have thought opening day he kind of shows back up and you know does that to me just one little jab just he gave me one little jab right there And uh, and then after that, I want to, s- and I got a few pictures. Of- and he was around the farm that whole day. You know, I got it's like I said, it's only thirty acres of timber, and I got cameras mm-hmm. that pick up most of the corridors and most of their travel routes. And I think he showed up on every camera that one day. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me! And then after opening day, he went nocturnal again. Same thing with my buddy. He wouldn't show up over there until after dark, and he was kind of doing the same thing to me. He was doing that. 30 minutes before, you know, light or 30 minutes after dark. Uh, and, uh, I was like, okay, well, there's always December. It's starting to get busy, uh, for work. So I can't really hunt that much anyways. There was a few times late in October, I got one stand that's pretty much right there on the timber line, just on the alfalfa field. And if I hurry I can get in there i can get up in my stand in five minutes and maybe sit for 30 minutes before the you know it's too dark and i did that twice and each time i did that i'd get up there be ready sure enough see a few deer and trickle through and i'd get pictures of him in the back of the timber and he just you know doing whatever he's doing he's and taking he would his sweet time never he would never make it out before you know Legal sh- shooting light was over, you know. It was always after dark. And that was kind of the going theme for a while. And then we got really busy at work, and I pretty much just couldn't, w- couldn't go anymore. So there wasn't really too many more mistakes that were made. It
2: was more of a— The mistake you made was having trail cameras. Probably. But, not actually, but <laughs> that is where, like, trail cameras sometimes suck because they, they, they put a middle finger up at you through the camera on purpose. This guy hunted him hard don't let him don't let him downplay himself. He hunted this deer hard, and then the deer would just be like, "Hey, here I am. I'm not coming mm-hmm. out yet. you know it's just um you know, and he would send me those pictures. I'm sitting right here, and he's eight he's what two hundred yards away, and I'll never see him tonight, you know yeah, uh and, or the next night he doesn't get to go, and then the deer's under his tree that he would have picked or Um, he took me once or twice, uh, we went hunting out there and, uh, we started, you know, doing some saddle hunting this year. So we're sitting in our saddles and we just have this farm explode during the rut. Bucks all over the place, chasing. I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Chasing does through the timber, um, a nice mature buck coming down from another ridge, just all, all over the place, except him. He was the one that didn't show up. Well. And it could have.
5: We don't know this, but it was probably that twenty minutes oh, before I forgot dark. About that. Yeah. The landowner texts me, and he's like, "Hey, man, there's two really big bucks in the corn fighting right now." <laughs> I'm like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> so I, I tried. You know, I was like, "Well, that's only about." 75 yards if i hurry up i might be able to make a move and it just didn't work it was like the third or fourth time i've been on a saddle so it took me a minute to get down get all my stuff situated and by the time i get out there they were gone but uh so it was just he says it was a big deer that's the only big big deer that is there really is there yeah. that I could, you know, that I could think of? It could have been him, it could have been something else, but you know, just one more jab, one more jab. I, yeah, um, I will
3: say, like, the trail cam thing is such a double edged sword. It's like, it is, but if you take the cameras away from him, like, and you're not seeing him, you're like, I am so far to the game, I don't know where he's at. Like, how, like, is he even here? Yeah. Is he mm-hmm. even alive still? So, like, it's so much like a frustration thing to be, you know. It just depends on how you take the information that you get. Now Mike is in the tree; he's two hundred yards behind him, knows he's out of the game, but hey, he's still alive. How do you take that information? You know, yeah, I would almost rather have it just because it's like, well, does he know that I'm when I'm coming in here and when I'm in here? Like, do I gotta switch it up as much as like, or like, you know,
2: it hundred percent because it without trail cameras, we he doesn't we don't kill Baraka. Okay. trail cameras helped us kill the big deer, Um, the big deer, the bigger deer in the end. Um, Without those trail cameras, we probably would have given up. Probably. So, um, you know, double-edged sword, you're right, man. I mean, I'm always going to want them over that because I get the information. Mm -hmm. If, you know, the information is what I'm looking for. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I'm right, cool, there it is. Right. Um, But it's at least information. However... Sometimes it hurts, you know? And (laughs) that's what this deer was doing to him. Yeah. Yeah. The
0: 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911, For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com.
5: So, and just to kind of streamline it, that was, so that would have been late October. Well, when we went, that would have been November. Yeah, that would have been November. And then uh, rifle season comes about. Uh, I hunt after, I'm I'm hunting, still hunting my farm. Uh, Didn't have any encounters with him I think the neighbor had one um uh there was a big 10 that showed up that if he I mean you know I'm not a one deer or die type person like if it's a mature deer I'm going after it um so I had one one big 10 show up I'm like okay well you know if he shows up I'll shoot him too and let's see so the opening weekend Saturday went out I had a few small deer and then I had a decent 10 point show up on camera in the evening. I'm like, okay. Went out Sunday. I picked a different spot. <laughs> that one walked by my camera, the big 10 found out the neighbor shot it. I'm like, okay, you know, that's whatever. It ain't like I had a history with him. It didn't mean much but uh just another jab but still then, exactly it's like you can't do right. anything right <laughs> you, <laughs> you can't exactly you know right. it's like why i mean I, I i'm i don't claim to be a great hunter or an amazing hunter i just i i, I try to pride myself on when i go hunting i usually see deer you know sort yeah. of things And that's the only thing i'll give myself credit for i can usually find deer whether it be the right one you know who's to say uh But so the week goes by, I can't, you know, obviously I can't do anything just because of work. Second weekend comes, Friday night, I'm getting stoked. I got pictures of, uh, or yeah, I got pictures of him throughout the week, him coming and going through the farm. I'm like, okay, Saturday, I'm going to go. I'm going to set up here. I think I got a good spot. And that buddy of mine that I've been telling you about that we share cameras with, he texts me Friday night and he sends me a picture of him. And he's dead. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? And he's like, Yep, Jimmy, which is his dad, the owner of the property uh, behind us. He's like, Yep, Jimmy put the smoke on him this this evening. And I was like, I'm like, damn. Congratulations, yay! <laughs> I was, I'm happy for who shot it because you know I know him as my buddy Jim or Charlie and his dad Jim. And you know they have just as much right to any deer that's out there. And so we were kind of going through this journey together. You know, me and Charlie were close in age, and we you know we'd come up with hit lists together and that sort of thing. But it so it it's it sucks that he died and I didn't get to do it. But I'm happy that Jim did it. You know, it's like okay, I know that guy. I know he appreciates it. Yeah. So that kind of leads into baraka. Baraka. Yeah. So, so your deer, yeah, you you, can, the deer that you were chasing, you know, he,
3: he's gone. He's dead. He's he's not he, there he's anymore. Done. So now it's like, you know, that was basically the only deer you had on that farm that you wanted to chase. So now you're kind of left with your pecker in your hands, basically. Like, pretty much. That's, that's exactly what it you know? was.
5: Like, I, you know, I got, I got permission there, and I got permission on these two other little pieces. And I, d- I want to say I did bow hunt. The one of the farms, the other one, the other one, I bow hunted it once or twice, uh, never saw anything. It wasn't a great spot. Like we alluded to We, we didn't get much movement there, uh, but we also didn't cover it as far as cameras go. Yeah. We had one camera. We had one camera on it. So I kinda, I kinda hunted there when I could just to kind of explore the farm. And, you know, it, it's, it's amazing how exciting you can get when you go out somewhere and you don't have a camera on it. Because you kind of like anything could show up, mm-hmm. so I kind of that farm was kind of close to you know it was closer than the other. one. It was one. like a
2: nice reset, like yeah, it's. A I, nice I got to get it's away like, from this guy. I can yeah. get
5: excited about anything that shows up at this point. Yeah, but uh, so but anyway, I find out he got shot. That my world's wrecked. You know, my
2: number one deer gets killed. Yeah. So remember the Friday before, the second Saturday of rifle. Remember yeah. that because uh, that's where all this comes into play. So Baraka is the deer that ends up dying, and we put cameras out in the summer. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go through this as, as quick as kind of possible here, but we we put cameras cameras out in the summer, and we immediately are like, "Oh my, look at this thing." And when I say this deer showed us every square inch of his rack, I, I mean, we had hundreds of photos of this deer throughout the summer he he was and this is the first year we started using the video feature on our cameras so he was just like just showing um, we were like foaming at the mouth how beautiful he is and was i personally
5: i've only had one other deer in this caliber in my hunting career that i've gotten pictures of yeah that
2: i've gotten pictures of i mean it's just
3: nate when did he when did he show up on camera first
2: Um, day first day we we had the cameras set up that night boom there he was so and he was always July
3: July 4th ish and there I mean what did he look like July 4th
2: um you could tell he was going to be nasty like you could already tell
5: obviously that early in the season you don't know what they're going to be totally but you can got to get a good idea of there's what the potential could be yeah and as soon as you know, I don't know how we'd have to go back and look, but I don't know how big, you know, his velvet was or his rack. And, uh but you could just tell us like that. I don't know what he's going to be, but he's going to be good. Yeah. He's just, he's got that potential too. And
2: we got to see him grow cha- because yeah. he was on camera pretty much every day somewhere from <laughs> oh July gosh. 4th,
5: from July 4th through September 15th, through September 15th. We almost every day, I would assume if. Five days a week, you know, sort of thing. He was yeah. showing up every evening. And he would every hang morning. out. It was every morning,
2: right? Every morning and most, e- a lot of evenings, but yeah. every single morning. Yeah. So oh, I I tell you what, you, I mean, you couldn't
4: kick off velvet season any better than that, right oh, there. No. He, <laughs> right. he was so, he, and, that and, is and, like,
2: you know, you put a camera out and you're like, all right. Well, I like, remember let he went sit for two weeks, so be good. And <laughs> yeah. here we are, day one. I remember <laughs> when he went hard horned. Like, we were like, dude, look. It, right. It's he, it, You know, because you're pretty much not going to kill a deer in Missouri that's velvet on September 15th. There's a chance that won't, there might not be hard horned yet here and there, but it's likely that they're going to be hard horned. And when he showed up that morning, I think he still had some. Yeah, he was still hanging off. Yeah, he still dangling. had some velvet. We're just like, oh, my God, and, look at him.
5: And, and we share, you know, we run tacticams, and so you can share pictures, you know, if, if I want to get his pictures, he wants right. to get mine. Is this thing? So every morning, you know, we'll text, be like, dude, you get that. Do you see that? Did you see that? <laughs> like, oh, he's awesome. And he wasn't the only good one there. No, like, he wasn't. Like this farm, I want to say there was, I would consider four of them shooters, you know. And I've never had a piece of property like this. And that's all this property was. It was just a bachelor pad. Like well, look, it was, the no, me no, there was nothing
2: for does. There was, there was one doe with two t- fawn, two twins. And that was it. And one of those twins died. In the summer. Yeah. We're yeah. pretty sure. And uh, so that was what made us a little nervous because we weren't getting a lot of does on camera and we were scared for when season got there, when the ruts, you know, when they started getting amped up, what was going to happen. And and our fears were founded. Yeah. And so anyway, Micah's, Micah's worried about the wide guy, the wide eight, and I am obviously going to hunt Baraka. Mm-hmm season starts I am actually uh they're in Colorado hunting elk at the time and when they get back I'm going to Wyoming and Mike actually made the joke if I'm going to kill Baraka it's going to have to be while he's in Wyoming exactly <laughs> uh,
5: the re- the
2: reason I made that
5: joke is because just logistically I can't hunt that farm unless it's during the weekend right. just mm-hmm. for work and it just it doesn't it doesn't plan out and with him and his easy ass job, hey, be everybody be safe, you know. And I'm, he's done for the day. Um, he, he's just got a better opportunity, and and I, and it's five and, minutes from my house, and it's five minutes from his house, and um, yep. and I wasn't upset about it. I was I, honestly, I was like, awesome, man. You know, I hope you get the opportunity. I, there was no hard yeah. feelings or
2: anything. Yeah. Um. But yeah. continue. So anyway, um, I get back from Wyoming and. He's really not showing up on camera anymore.
5: Oh, September. So like we said, September 15th, September
2: 27th, we got a photo of him.
5: Yeah. We got, we got one the 15th or no, the 14th, the 14th, the day before season, day before season, He disappeared until the 27th, the 27th of October. Okay. Wait, 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 I gotta, I
3: gotta stop you because I don't know about you, DJ, but I'm sitting over here wondering what the hell this deer looks like. We have yet to see or hear what this deer is, other than he's got shit. Oh, so well, what, let's let, just talk about it. L- <laughs> let's let, let's paint a picture in, here.
4: Yeah, okay. and and not only like in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, they're talking about this this real real big deer, but they got four shooters, and it sounds like to me, Aaron, that all of their bucks actually have four legs on this property. They do. They, they do. One hundred percent do.
2: Yep.
4: Um, <laughs> and if if ever if anyone's wondering, they're like, well, why, why would you say that, David? You got to go back when we we did a podcast with these guys, almost probably exactly a year ago, yeah. and we talked about. How many deer they've, they've hunted that only have three legs. Yeah. So, yeah. Lots. During yeah. the whole night, I'm like, man, all these deer seem normal. This and, year. and honestly, yeah.
3: I cannot remember the number of how many, but it's more than one hunter should actually endure in a whole hunting career. <laughs> and he's
2: endured multiple. Yeah.
3: yeah. 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 Uh, I
5: mean, just a little cliff note last season, I what they're talking about, I had kind of a similar deer. It was over 170 inch, you know, whitetail. Got one picture of him. Found out his leg got shot off. <laughs> he stayed around my farm for a little bit. He grew a gnarly ass rack, so I could just never get on him. He We called him Nubs because he obviously had a nub. He showed up, and, uh, and then I also had another deer that was wounded or something, but he couldn't use his front leg. <laughs> and that season, I also arrow, I shouldered a deer. So there was like three- three-legged deer running around my property at one point unreal just, you know n- yeah, yeah nobody should have hey, to endure that
4: i <laughs> just i just feel like if you uh if someone put a trail camera on his farm all his, all his bucks have like those those little the two-wheel carts like a dog and only has Two legs. <laughs> yep. Yep. i think somebody should go in paint that
3: a area and hold a shooting clinic for everybody
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but to paint a picture of this Baraka Deer, so he, he had, was it 17 scoreable points? 20. 20. Okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> 20. Yeah. yeah. I, I scored him, so I, I yeah. should have remembered, but I forgot. Um, his, his left side, which side was all palmated? Was it the, his right? It was the right. His right side had palmation at the end of the beam with like razors coming out of it. It looked like a knife, like a serrated blade knife. Um. His his left side had just beautiful, beautiful, and everything was dark. He was a dark rack deer, and then he had no less than twelve inches or more of trash on his bases, wow. just all over, just coming out like you know, just nasty.
5: And uh, his mass, his, his mass carried five inches or more all the way throughout all his, the way through. His, so. His, he wasn't very tall. His tines are not very tall, but he just had mass and junk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just mass and junk. Yeah.
2: So from a score standpoint, now remember, I'm the one who scored him. I like scoring deer. I know what I'm doing, but I'm not an official scorer. Um, but if I was off more than one inch one, inch one way or the other, I, I'd be surprised. But uh, his official score per Nate was a 178 and three eighths. So mm. is a big deer. <laughs> big, Mama. big deer. <laughs> um. So how, how any- long
4: how how long was his longest time? You said he wasn't real oh, tall. Man. How long was his remember. longest <laughs> time? Do you remember? Do you did you keep what I wrote down? No. You
5: Why didn't you not?
3: No, keep all right, I might. Nate. Why he? Micah <laughs> figures it out. You keep going with yeah. this story here because so, mother.
2: Anyways, um. So September fourteenth, he shows up during the day, the day before season, of course, right? And then he disappears. I get a single photo of him on September twenty seventh. Um, and then he doesn't show up on camera again for about another month from then. But I start hunting him because I, I have this feeling I'm going to lose him altogether. Mm-hmm. Like I've got, to, I've got to kill him. Got to figure this out. So uh, this, this farm doesn't have a single tree stand on it. So I did a lot of ground hunting at the beginning of the season. And then Micah finally got me comfortable with my saddle. And I was up in the saddle the rest of the season. Uh, I don't see him actually, I don't, I don't see almost any deer. It was, it was a very, um, depressing hunting season from that aspect. I would, I would go to what I thought was a good set based on the wind, based on what I was hoping to do. And I wouldn't see anything, not even anything. And I would, be, I would get very discouraged. I'm like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing wrong here. Like, there's not even deer here anymore. I'm not even seeing small bucks. So then I would make a move, you know, the next time I was out there. And same thing. It was just, it was bad. Um, rifle season hits. So, but, from a personal aspect, my season actually started on a pretty high note. Um, my youngest son, and I won't get into the stories, but my, my middle son, my youngest hunter, um killed his first buck at the other farm that Mike and I were talking about the smaller one so boom great start to my season my son is with his dad he made an amazing shot on a deer and we got to experience that together my oldest son the next weekend then shoots a really really nice eight pointer I thought was a killed deer he ended up missing Um, so you know a little bit of a drop But I was still having a really good year from that aspect because my boys were getting opportunities at deer. Right. And, you know, when you're a parent with kids that are hunting, your focus sometimes turns to their success more than yours. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's true of me and Micah. Micah takes his daughter as well. And uh, so I was having a good year. It's not like I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a horrible year. But when I would take time for myself, it was not going well. Um. So, I don't I basically I don't see him ever. Um and then rifle season hits during the rut in Missouri every year, just like it does up in Michigan. And we were are not seeing anything and then he gives us one singular photo um pretty late after dark, maybe 2 hours after dark to just to tell us I'm alive, fellas. Here I'm I am. Still around. Oh my and gosh. It it kind of reinvigorated me. So I hunted him pretty hard uh, that first week of rifle season. Never see anything. That Thursday, I take off work as early as I possibly can.
5: Well, whoa, whoa, bev- before you get that, yeah. the bow season, I don't know if we said this on the show. I know you yeah. said it before, but you hunted this spot 20-plus times.
2: Probably about 20 times, I would say, during Ooh. bow season. Well, uh, including up to right into rifle okay um and i never sat in the same spot twice i was always well i take that back one time i sat in the same spot once um i was always making moves the saddle made it so easy to 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 make moves Mm -hmm. and um you know it was just like i i felt like i'm like i can't win for losing here like it's i I feel like i'm making smart decisions and it's just not working and I, i really think he
5: just he just wasn't there you no, know, he wasn't. I I think that's and what it was. No deer was there. Like <laughs> like they all left. You know, so it yeah. kinda it solidified the fact that I'm in the right <laughs> spot, you know. Yeah. I'm hunting a farm where there's at least I'm seeing deer. Right. You know, on that aspect. So I wasn't honestly You weren't worried about
2: it. I wasn't yeah, worried about it 100%. at all. And then Thursday before the second Saturday a rifle hits, and I'm getting ready to go hunting and I leave the house at like two o'clock, maybe even earlier. I was, I'm like, I got to get out there. I, he's he's alive. He's got to be somewhere. And I I park my truck, and there is a tractor path that goes up, the south side of this property, all along the fields that runs into the timber. And I was gonna walk this path, and I was gonna sit, on the, tree line, on the ground with my rifle. That's what I was gonna do, and as I'm walking. I look up, and I'm in the middle of this tractor path, wide open, and then there is a, uh, a pretty thick tree line, let's say about 10 yards deep, um, and then the neighboring property. And I look up, and there's this giant walking straight at me in this cornfield. And I just look, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's him. So I, I just drop down to my knee. There's nothing else I can do. Um, take the safety off the gun, and I, I raise up, and I'm just like, Please get your ass over here. Come over to this property. Um, Remember, this is our first real year at this property. We don't know any of the neighbors. So um, I'm just hoping that he comes over. And he walks right by me. I mean, I could have spit on this deer. He was 30 yards at most from me. And uh, he works down to about 60, 80 yards away from me. And he's getting ready to kind of turn away from me. So I'm like, I don't have my grunt tube. It's on my back in my backpack. Oh. Normally, I would want to grunt first, but I feel like if I move, he's going to see me. So I, I, I tried grunting with my mouth. <laughs> and it didn't, it didn't <laughs> come out very loud because I didn't want to sound like an idiot. So he didn't hear it. So I'm like, screw it. I'm gonna, I'll snort wheeze. And I snort wheezed at him. And he turns around. And he starts walking straight at me, and then he stops. And he doesn't see what wheezed at him. I don't think he sees me either, which is awesome, because I'm trying to crouch down, and he, he does have some timber between myself and him. And then he turns around and goes back to where he was going, and I snort at him again. And he turns around, starts walking at me again, and then stops. And then he just turns back around and, and leaves. And I called Micah. I called the landowner. And I'm like, oh, did I just, did I just screw it? Should I have shot him? You know, it, remember he was on the other property that I do not have permission to hunt on. And he was on the their property side, not mine. And I'm just like, oh no, what did I do? Like, I know, you know, I, I talked to several friends and a lot of people say, you know, they would have done it to you, right? They would have shot him if he was on your side. And I'm like, I know, but... If he was hanging on my wall right now, I would have a hard time looking at him. Yeah. So the first call I made was to the landowner. And this was a a kick in the nuts, I'll be honest with you. The first call I made was to the landowner. And I'm like, this is what happened. And I'm like, I just, I'm sick to my stomach. And he goes, well, to make it worse, um, nobody hunts on that farm. And that old lady wouldn't have given two shits if you would have shot that deer. (laughs) And... I'm so like, wait well, a second. I guess I know that now. This would have been second. great
5: information
3: yesterday. <laughs> I'm going to throw a little salt in the wound here. So, okay, before you said that, that wasn't a mistake on your part. Like you just no. that's the law. No. You can't shoot yeah. right. so you did the you did mm-hmm. you did good. Where the mistake is, you know, the mistake is, is you not communicating with the neighbor. Yes. Yeah, which 100%. we planted that seed in the beginning, you know. But in hindsight,
2: 2020, would that have? But but still, the thing is, this this property he was on is just one big open field. Yeah, like nothing. there's nothing there. Nothing. Like so, you, I would have never thought he would have been over there in the first place,
5: especially two o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so so
3: that that was one mistake. But just for the listeners, so we're up to two mistakes already. But I'm gonna put a third one in there, Nate. There's a third one. You did not grab your grunter out.
2: I you have you need to have your grunt tube on your person, the, not in your bag. Yes, it needs yes. to be on
3: your person while it's the rut, everyone. So uh, uh-huh. let this yep. be uh, a lesson. So that's number three. All right, let's keep going. Yep. I like this. So
2: I call Micah and he's like, "Dude, you did the right thing. You know, you know yourself. You would have looked at that deer and thought nothing but bad things every every time he was on your wall. Mm-hmm. You did the right thing." I'm like, "Okay, I feel better, but I still really don't." And, uh, so anyway, Friday night, Micah calls me the white eight's dead. He goes, so I feel I'm going to come hunting with you tomorrow morning. So that Saturday morning, I'm taking my son, my oldest son with me because he still hasn't gotten his deer yet. And my son has basketball practice at nine o'clock that morning. So I decide I'm not going to go very deep into this property because I have to leave Micah if you're gonna come with us, I want you. You should go sit over here, and I and I show him this spot on our Onyx maps, and I said, "This is where you should go hunt." And it's a it's a bit of a walk. It's probably fifteen hundred yards. Yeah, I mean it's a good, of a walk. It's good a walk. It's a good walk. And and keep in mind, I'm pissed. He's okay? not in a good move. You know, yeah.
5: I'm not pissed, but I am upset. My number one shooter's dead, and then he's and I t- and just to get more into detail while we're talking i told him where i wanted to sit he did like i want
2: to sit here which is a close spot close spot
5: easy access honestly i just wanted to get out and just be by myself and i was like i'm just gonna go sit here and if something happens something happens I, i didn't have any intentions of you know seeing anything doing anything just wanted to do it and he convinced me he's like no no we're going to leave early. This is where you need to go. And I'll be like, let me think about it. I'll text you back. You I, didn't text he didn't it. text me for two hours. Yeah, I didn't text him for two hours because I was just mad. I was like, I don't want to go there. I was just like, <laughs> you, I was like, you've hunted all over this farm, and you ain't seen a damn thing. And, and like, until you did two days ago. Until you did yeah. two days ago. I was like,
2: what do you know sort yeah. of thing. And <laughs> I reluctantly said, okay, I'll go there or whatever. Yeah. So that Saturday morning starts, happens. Um, me and my son see Micah in the morning. And Micah takes off on his journey, and me and my son, uh, we go sit, and I'll let him pick it up from here. Yeah. So
5: I go to the spot, and I go exactly where he tells me to go. He sent me, you know, on X Pen, like this is where you need to go.
3: Pa- paint a picture. I what's get it the- look like? What? What? What's okay? The setting so look like?
5: like we like we alluded to earlier, most of this field or most of this property is crop field, but it's the the way the timber lays is if you think of the south fence line the timber starts there and it, then it goes into fingers that there i think is it three there's or, three fingers there's three fingers yep. that head north and there
2: it goes biggest finger smaller smaller so the biggest finger is on the east the furthest east finger and then the fingers get smaller as they, as go. they go west and you know until yep. they get to a road or whatever
5: and you know like i said roughly 10 acres of timber so it's not like it's that much and he. Tells me to sit on that first finger, about halfway down, give or take. I'm overlooking a bean field and looking in this, you know, cove, cove where yep. the, you know, <laughs> a, you know, a lot of deer. They like to come into the corners of things, sort of thing. And uh, and it's a roll, it's rolling hills from where I'm sitting. So I get there, and I'll be honest, I'm I'm pissed about this spot. <laughs> you are when I'm hunting, when I when I'm. Rifle hunting, I try to get put myself in a position where I can see as much as I possibly can. You know, I'm not afraid to take those two hundred, three hundred yard shots. So, I get there and I'm I'm mad. I'm like, this plot, this place sucks. I can see eighty yards, you know, and I can settle see th- down. I you can, can see, see one twenty.
2: I know for a <laughs> fact.
5: <laughs> you know, you can't <laughs> see that much just the way the hills are and everything. And so I'm sitting there and I'm. And I'm sitting on the ground, you know, I bring, I brought my tripod and I'm just leaning up against a tree and it starts to break light and I, I, I'm underneath a pin oak. And I think this adds, you know, brings something to it. Haven't seen nothing and it get, it's breaking light. And I'm like, okay, well, if a deer comes down here, I got branches in the way. So I get up and I saw down a branch and I'd sit down for a few more minutes. I'm like, well, if a deer comes over here, I got another branch in the way. So I'd get up and saw. <laughs> and it's roughly 30 minutes after light. And I'm still just mad. Haven't seen nothing. We've, we've texted each other by we've now. Text. Yep. And I get up for a third time. I'm like, okay, if I want to shoot here, I'm going to have to saw this down. So I get up and I saw another branch. And while doing that, obviously branches make noise. Sounds like something's rubbing together kind of thing. I sit down and... Maybe one minute goes by, two minutes, maybe a little bit longer. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention, and I look up. I was probably, and to be honest, I was probably on my phone. I was probably, (laughs) you know, I was probably texting him or looking on Facebook. Spot sucks. Yeah, just being mad, just crying about it, and all of a sudden I look up, and the crest of the hill, I just see a head, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that's a deer, and then it just moves slightly. I'm like, oh shit, that's a big deer. (laughs) So, I get in my rifle. And he's pointed right towards me, the buck is. And all of a sudden he starts just walking, real slow, real casual, just walking. And he's looking, he's coming right towards me, and that's where I think the rubbing of the branches and making that noise kind of played an effect. I think that he might have thought a deer was doing something over there. And he works, he's just coming right at me. He gets to, and I, and I got my scope on him the whole time. I got a frontal shot, and I keep on playing in my head, don't take that shot. Yes, it can be deadly, but he's. I, I don't want to take a frontal he's, shot. If he's too I don't, big. He's you too know, big. <laughs> I don't want to screw this up. And he's calm. He's cool. He's just casually walking. I'm like, as soon as he turns broadside, I'm going to shoot. So he slowly walks towards me and he gets to about, I think it was 83 yards or something like that, 80 something yards. He turns broadside. I give him a little, Meh. he stops in his tracks. I squeeze one off and he drops right there in the field. Oh. Baraka is dead. Oh. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. no, no. <laughs> oh. Here's the best part. You had no idea that was that deer. I really didn't. I'll, once I noticed there was a shooter deer, I did not look at the antlers at all. You know, I'm looking at the body. I'm looking at his. You know what he's doing, because I mean to be honest, I'm freaking out in the inside. Yes. And as soon as he turned, that's when I made the shot. No later. Two seconds later, Nathan calls me.
2: So so we both shoot pr- suppressed rifles because we're coyote hunters as well, so we have our guns suppressed. So Micah shoots, and Caden looks at me, and he goes, who did that? And I said, that was your Uncle Micah, buddy. And so I call him immediately, and he can barely even talk to me. He's like, he's gigantic, he's gigantic. And I'm like, I'll be there, I'll go get the truck. Is he dead? And he's like, yep, he's laying right here. I said, I'll go get the truck. He's like, you can keep hunting. I said, screw that. So I went and got the truck. I drove it around to him. And I get out, and I look, and I said, Micah, you killed Baraka. That's <laughs> it, him. It didn't click for it me. It still had not, like, even no. registered with him who he had killed. And I knew this deer. I knew every damn hair on that deer's head. Like, that's him. There's, it is him. And it was just so awesome. Like, I mean.
4: Oh, my
3: gosh.
2: Very unlikely. Like, I thought I spooked that deer two days ago. You know, he's out of the area. There was a bunch of people hunting in that area. A how, bunch. How many
5: gunshots did we hear that Oh, morning? my gosh.
2: I mean. That's why I told you guys before we recorded that deer was dying that day. Because if Micah wouldn't have shot him, he was walking directly towards my son and I. So, another 10 minutes, he probably would have been in front of myself and my son. And the properties to the east and the north had dudes on them, too. That deer was day walking way too late to be alive that day. Mm -hmm. So You
3: know, and I've been around Missouri. I've been in Missouri for two gun seasons before. And I'll tell you, man, in my experience in Missouri, gun season is no different than it is here in Michigan. There is a lot of gun hunters. And (laughs) you hear a lot of shots. So, you know, I can't believe... For the f- and, and your gun season comes in the same time our does basically right in right, the middle right of the, right rut. In the middle of the rut man. And, yep. yeah, yeah. You know you guys aren't much different than we are. In fact, you guys can kill two bucks as well, like mm-hmm. you know. But yours are season specific, aren't they? Or one has Correct, to be yeah. after gun season with a bow if you don't kill it with a gun, right?
2: Right. So yeah. so you can't kill two before the end of rifle season is over, right? Yes. You know, you could theoretically have two dead deer by the end of rifle season or yeah. by the beginning of rifle season, technically, you know, after the first day. And not to but, mention your yeah.
3: youth season comes in the first week of November second week of November.
5: Halloween. Isn't it? Yeah. Halloween. Last yeah. week in October. Yep. Or, so it's yeah. like, Always. mother.
2: And there's also now another antlerless season right before rifle season. Um, so there's a lot of rifles being fired. It, and, uh, it's crazy you, you know, guys so get, it deer was just,
3: to get through though. I'm not gonna lie to you.
2: Yeah, all right. He was dying that day though. That's for sure. And actually, the night I saw him, I forgot to add this. I heard gunshots the direction that he traveled, and I'm like, he's freaking. De- I mean, ask Micah. He, he he's freaking dead, man. Nathan he's gets dead. very
5: <laughs> annoying during deer season with all the negativity that comes around him. <laughs> if he if he doesn't have a deer dead by September twentieth, you're screwed. <laughs> because he's just gonna be a unbearable for the next three months. It's just like, dude, calm down. There's time or whatever. Don't worry about it. It's you know it, it it's it's yeah. an ongoing joke with us. But uh yeah. So
2: yeah, long story short, he uh he made it happen and, you know, I just like to thank my guide services for making this a reality
5: it uh, was it was 100 percent nathan's doing that i killed that deer and you know other I, than the other fact th- that you killed him yeah right i mean other than like if i would have sat where he sat would he have sat where he told me to go i don't know you know he doesn't know it just it didn't work out that way uh but it,
2: it's just the way it worked out it was just crazy yeah. you know uh it was a great day. We had such a I mean, we I I took the best pictures I've ever taken of a deer in my life. Um with him and uh my sons got to uh we took him back to my house and measured him and then we we gutted him uh at my pond and we took you him know, to the processor together.
5: Yeah, my my brother actually came yep. over. He hunted, you know, not too far, so my brother and my nephews, they got to come see him before we took him to the processor. My other brother-in-law son. showed up and, yeah, and checked so him out. It, it was it was pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool experience, you
2: know. Uh, a lot of fun, hell of a deer, um, and if, and to be honest, just for the listeners, between the two of us, he deserved this deer. I know it, you know, didn't work out the way I wanted it to, but he has been a very patient hunter for the past six years. He killed a hundred and sixty-four inch deer back in two thousand and seven, 18. eighteen, and hadn't killed another one since then because he was passing on a lot of deer that he could have killed, but he was being patient and he was hunting the way he wanted to hunt. And you know, I don't want to say he got discouraged after you, you heard him say he shouldered that deer in 2022. That was a rough night for him. Like yeah. he he shot a deer that he he deemed killable and we actually thought he killed it and then when we found the arrow everything changed and it didn't go the way he wanted it to. So, and then this last elk season, I
5: fucked up on an elk, you know, I shot, didn't make a good shot. We never ended up finding it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I was a little discouraged. I don't, I don't let it get me down too much. Honestly, I'm, I'd like to think I'm a pretty happy go lucky guy, you know, hunting's hunting. I, I, and I, I, you know, he says I killed that 164 in 2018. Yes, that's a good deer, and I. But I'm not an inch chaser. I don't. I, I don't have to up myself every year. I try to go after mature deer, and you know, uh, just haven't had the the caliber deer that I was looking for. And so, yeah, I've passed up some pretty decent ones. Uh, but uh, you know, it is what it is, sort of thing. So I don't. Yeah, but... I don't. I'm happy with every deer season that I've ever hunted. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: they just, you know, I might yeah. not have killed something every year.
5: Yeah. But he deserved it.
2: So we we make jokes. We've made jokes on our podcast. We did a rut recap and talked about this whole story on our show. We make jokes. There is zero animosity from me to him that he killed Baraka. Um, I'm just glad it was one of us. Yeah. Um. You know, or or my son. You know. I mean, we we made the joke like, well, if he would have walked in front of you at Caden, were you were you going to let your son shoot him? And I was like, yeah. If he would have been within 200 yards, I'm not letting him shoot further than that. But I would have let him shoot him. Um, So I'm just glad one of us made that happen. And I'm glad my son got to see a monarch of a deer in person like that on the ground minutes after it died. Um, You know, I I think he had just as much fun, you know, watching us do the pictures. I mean, it was hilarious. You know, we actually, like, legitimately tried to take legitimate (laughs) pictures this time instead of just like, all right, grin it and let's go. Yeah. Um, So... You know, it's, uh, what, what it makes the story so cool is failures, like what your whole premise of the show is failures led to one of the most biggest successes of Micah's hunting career.
3: Yeah. Oh man. I like that.
4: I, yeah, for sure. And and I tell you what, guys, I'm a firm believer in this and it's sometimes it's hard to really think about it, but like, you know, I believe in everything happens for a reason. Whether we find out that day it happens, two months from now, or a year from now, whatever the case may be, I I do believe in that. Where it's like, you know, listening to you talk about that day you killed that buck, like is, you know, you you said that you well you wanted to go out there, you know, because you're you you were a little angry and just wanted to get out there. Where it it almost sounded like listening to it now, where it's like. You were just going through the paces to say that you are out there hunting, right? Yeah. Like I, I've been there too, where it's like, you're just, you're just down. What what could go wrong is going wrong. And you're just putting yourself through the paces to say like, well, I tried kind of thing. But I want to ask you both of you guys this. And I actually, I'd like to start with, I want Nate to answer this one first. After that day and having some of the, the past several seasons that you've had, Micah, did you see a, like a new spark in him after that day? Almost like this thing where it's like, like, dude, this, this sport, can, it can change in a matter of seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could have years of maybe a dry spell, but then the time when you least expect it, it all can come together. Did, did you see a, any change in him after that day? Did they, I see
2: a change in Micah? Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Um, I mean, he was just giddy for I yeah. mean he still probably is. By the way, you need to get his damn heart out of my freezer. I just oh, thought yeah. of that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean he was he was giddy. I mean, um when I would talk to him on the phone, he's like I just I, I can't believe it's real, you know. Mm-hmm. And both of us really we, like we could not believe he showed back up like that, you know. Yeah. That Thursday, yeah, he showed up, but we still didn't expect it to happen again on Saturday. It was just like come on, like Let's try, you know, like mm-hmm. he's he maybe he's alive type of deal, and uh yeah, I mean, and and, like he said, he's always got a pretty good disposition, he doesn't get negative about stuff, like even the elk that didn't go his way, he was like, eh, yeah, i mean i I messed up, but that's hunting sometimes i I just you know I, I'll get better next time, I just gotta get better, and you know i I definitely saw a spark um in him that he really wasn't showing that year. I mean, he didn't really say it too much Friday night, but you could tell he was not happy, and mm-hmm. he did not want to be there Saturday. Um, he did not want to go where I told him to go. He let me know he didn't go want to go there, and that usually isn't what he does. He he normally doesn't bitch about stuff like that, but yeah, he, he did not want to go there. He wanted to sit easier than I made him go do. I was like, why would you go sit where my son and I are going to go when – we're going to walk right in front of you on the way out. That, that's dumb. You need to go deeper. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to because he was, I think he was a little down in the dumps.
5: Yeah, I was down in the dumps and I wanted to be lazy. And, I mean, he, and just, wanted to be lazy. Yeah, wanted but to be lazy, I don't know who
2: couldn't be happy after killing almost 180 inch deer. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, he was yeah. Definitely, there was definitely a change in him.
4: Yeah, I, I like listening to that story. It's like you could even take the inches away from that. Just right. having that kill yeah. that day would, did wonders for him. You know what yeah. I mean? Where it's like it's, yeah. I I think uh, a lot of times those those uh those wins like that do so much more for people than you know just the the inches on top of their head for sure.
5: Yeah. Well, that and for me, like yes, I do a lot of hunting by myself. You know, bow hunting usually is you know a solo sport, but some of my favorite hunts are with other people. You know, we had an experience last year. Where, you know, we had a really nice deer in between us. You know, we couldn't get it done for whatever reason. I mean, I really enjoy hunting with people. And, I mean, that's, you know, we do a lot of coyote hunting. um, And, you know, that's why I love love coyote hunting so much. You know, I enjoy hunting with people and experiencing those things together. And, you know, just the fact that I got that deer when he was in the same, you know, same hunting property. uh, And my nephew was there, too. I mean, that just made it that much greater. You know, take away the inches. You know, if it would have been a hundred and ten inch, you know, eight point. I, you know, it's it's still gr- awesome in the fact that we got to share that experience together. Yeah, DJ. Yeah. What was your I second it, part of your question? What's that? You you asked Nate the
3: question, but then you were were you going to ask Michael one?
4: Yeah, well, he just kind of answered. Okay. I, I wanted to ask them both that 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 same question. You know, I wanted to see what Nate thought from an outsider looking in, if he's seen the the change or not. I don't want to say change, but seen like. Almost like that, that new spark in Micah after that day and then I yeah. you know, Micah just answered oh, it with kind He definitely of what saw a change in me.
2: Him. I mean yep. he had to come over and take all the guns out of my house <laughs> for fear of me putting one in my mouth. I mean it was no, easy. No, easy. This is but, a family <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> I'm hey. just kidding. But, but no but it,
5: to really answer your question on my side of things, you know, and like Nate alluded to, I'm and it's it's different because we have a podcast, right? You you guys mm-hmm. have a podcast. You guys know how this is. You, and you feel like there's a pressure put on yourself that you have to have success, right? If you don't have success, then what are you even doing? And I, going into starting our podcast, you know, I try to put it on myself as like, you don't have to kill something every year to be successful, right? You know, I, I take a lot of uh, uh, pride and just, you know, improving the farm making it more you know habitat management and that thing and then so success for me is just being able to get out there and see deer get close encounters with deer whether it be killing them or not that doesn't matter so um it's just the spark's always there was i a little down in the dumps just because how my season was yes yes and no yeah i think if you would have given it let's just say that that deer you know the white eight he got killed i probably would have been upset the rest of the weekend but i usually let stuff roll off my back pretty quick yeah. you know nathan on the other hand he kind of holds on to some things a little bit yeah but then he gets over it just like everybody else mm-hmm. uh so i don't know you know it, the spark never leaves but it you know, it dims out for a little
2: bit and then comes yeah. back in some other yeah. fashion. And, and the reason I said Micah deserved it is he just hit it with the podcast, right? When since we started our podcast, he has seen me and Andy have success. Both these deer, you know, since our podcast has started. He has seen that and he's had to be the cheerleader for us and say congratulations and grin and, and grin and bear it and, you know, come out and check out the deer. And, you know, be I, not on the back burner, but kind of on the back burner when it comes right. to success inside of our show. None of us were saying, oh, you don't know what you're doing and, and whatever, but you, you do feel a sort of pressure. And if I would have killed that deer, he would have said the same thing. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you. The reason I say he deserved it is because he did. He's been working just as hard as me and Andy have for the past four years, and um, it just hasn't worked out for whatever reason or another. So, this is what hap- this is what happens when hard work meets opportunity. It pays off, and yeah, yep. now he's got you know the biggest deer. Uh, out of the the three of us, I think, or maybe I can't remember. I want to measure
5: Andy's. Andy says he's got me beat by an inch, but I, I don't would know. love to oblige that. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I love
2: measuring deer. It's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, Andy's
5: got so, a one seventy nine yeah. on the wall, so he says. So <laughs> it looks <we'll>, like one. <laughs> it, it's a big deer, but uh, I, I'd like to put a measuring tape to it and see what we can come up with.
3: Well, there's a there's a couple things I want to just kind of like end this with, and you know, one thing is. There's a lot of big deer, you know, in the headlines recently, you know, one in particular, then there's, you know, a couple years ago, the Huffbuck and, and stuff yep. like that. And, you know, you got Mike, a situation here too. And, you know, there's a plethora of other big deer stories that we all hear. There's a trend with a lot of them. And it's the fact that you just got to go. You just got to go. I mean, nine times out of ten, every hunter is going to overthink it. It's going to overthink it. You just yep, got to go. And, and and Alex Chop said it best. He said that a couple years ago. We were in, DJ, remember when we were in Michigan, and he mm-hmm. killed that good buck in the morning. And, you know, the night before, we were celebrating Kev's buck that he shot and, you know, staying up way too late, drinking too many barley pops, and he was the only one that got up. And he went and killed a, a really good deer and his whole thing was you just gotta go it sucks but you just gotta go you know it's sometimes that it you, sucks yeah, um,
5: it's funny you said that that's how my 164 was so <laughs> everybody
3: that's what i mean yeah. like you know nate you talk about and we, we you know dj and i are the same way and everybody listen to this is probably going to be the same way you get so analytical sometimes and you scout so many miles or so many hours and you look at so much sign and you try to pick up the best possible situation to put you in the driver's seat. And, you know, 99 times out of 100, you're going to fail. It's, you know, you might see them, but you're going to fail until that one time when it's just like, man, I'm just going to go here and try it. And the damn thing comes down the trail and you get a shot at him. And it's like, holy shit, we just give these things way too much credit. So, you know, with that being said, um, the other thing I wanted to say was that, you know, big deer that day, that day right there, um, with all the history that you had with him, Nate, and, and then being able to be there and, and drive the truck up and see him. And I like just as much being the guy in your situation, Nate, when you can drive him around town, you and your son and Micah and talk about the story and you were a part of it just as much as he was. You'll never, ever forget that. That is what deer hunting is, man. And, you know, that it just gave me chills when you're when you're talking about that, because, um, you know, like DJ, you know, your buck, you killed in Kansas this year. We were all together, you know. It was a great buck, you know, but I'll tell you what, when blood sheds first time in deer camp, it's just like a, all right, here we go. It's, you know, it's a different thing. It, it is. Know? It's, it's literally like a momentum, you know, and it's just like, let's go. And it just fuels you for days. And it's so much fun. Um,
2: And there's a reason why the group, like us, you, your group of friends and like us group of friends, Micah, Andy, me, uh, we have a good buddy, Pat my brother-in-law, Russell, a few other fellas, like if any of us kill a deer, we will all drop what we're doing to either go help them, which we've done many a times, or just to see it, Yeah, you know, just to see it. Uh, Micah took his boys over to Andy's house, which is a 35, 40-minute drive, just to see Andy's deer this year, just wanted to, you know, show the boys and, and, you know, see it and say congrats. I was somewhere else, so I didn't get to go, but there's just, it's, it's awesome to be a part of it. And, you know, I'll never forget getting to be a part of Micah's uh, story there. I mean, it would have been awesome if he would have been by himself too, but you know, it's pretty damn cool that um, we were together and I heard the shot and I know exactly what happened. Like, um, you know, he showed me, there he was right there. And there he is right there. It was just, uh, you know, you couldn't have wrote a better story from that aspect And, uh, you know, now he's going to have a a beautiful deer to, to look at the rest of his life and, and, uh, feed on for the next 12 months. That's kind (laughs) of nice too.
3: That's awesome, boys. What a, what a experience. And you know that, I mean, if anybody else listened to this podcast, hasn't listened to the Missouri woods and water podcast, I suggest you go over there, follow on Apple podcast and, and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. It's a really good podcast. These dudes, the, they're two of the best in the game man and sorry i don't don't really know your third guy um you know personally like yeah andy like we like you know dj and i know you um but honestly go over there and check them out follow them on social and everything because you're missing out if you haven't already so i just want to say thank you guys for taking the time to to come on tonight and kind of tell us your little story here that was it was an awesome story i'm glad we only got the cliff notes version dj because that right there is what i love about this one giant mistake thing we're right around you know right along the story with you guys like god what is gonna happen next uh brush hogs though i'm against them don't try them don't bring them to me this is the second time in two weeks we've heard about brush hogs don't like it Yep. (laughs) yep i'm with you so
4: yeah Thanks for coming on again, guys. And dude, congratulations on that
5: buck. Thank you. Thank you. Well, hey, we, th- we appreciate you having us on. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, thank
3: you guys again. And uh everybody listening, thank you for all the support and all the downloads. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, and leave a written review. Do the same thing on Spotify. And don't forget, we'll be here right next time. I mess it up every time. We'll be here next time on the fall podcast. <laughs>
1: to go with like just full blown redneck on these fish
5: this is like high-tech cane pole fishing right
0: here from the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters enjoy the best fishing panama city beach has to offer during chase in the sun sundays at 9 30 a.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment a life that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of It's a Winchester life.
5: Yeah, baby. 6'8 Western. A mule there, baby, right there.
0: Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.